Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of GCC Talk, the weekly podcast from Grace Community Church in Crossville, Tennessee. I'm Jessica, and I'm joined today by our amazing women's director, Teresa Breeding. Hello. And once again, the manager of all things awesome, Sherry Smith. Hello. Today is the third of four Bible studies in the book of Ruth. So today we will be in chapter three and we will be reading in the NLT version. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app handy, you can follow along with us. But before we jump in, I would like to ask you guys a random question. What's your favorite drink? This has nothing to do with the podcast. It's just fun. (laughs) My favorite drink. Diet Dr. Pepper is my thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I like Diet Dr. Pepper, too. Sherry? Lately, it's been coffee. Coffee? With cream. What is yours, Jessica? I like water with lemon. (laughs) Jeff hates it. It is so boring, but it's so good. So with that, we'll get started. All right. So we will begin reading in chapter three with Teresa. Verse one. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it is time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down, then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. My first thought when she was reading that, which I didn't get the first time I read it, but you know that song, Here's Your One Chance Fancy, Don't Let Me Down. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. It's like, okay, I'm not getting a good picture here, so. Huh. Um, And I don't, why would that come to mind? And I've read, I've been studying this, and it's hmm. a beautiful story. Yeah, it is. Hmm, that's interesting. I think that <laughs> our like modern culture, though, when we read it, it doesn't sound necessarily good. You know what I mean? Like no, but just because we we put our 2019 mind on it, <laughs> right? Like when it says uh, he's a close relative. Ew. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> these days, that's not a good thing, right? <laughs> but back then, it was because then he could be her. What in a lot of the, these it says. Um, what guardian redeemer her guardian redeemer yeah Yeah. but uh, i always say kinsman redeemer Mm -hmm. and um just for anyone who doesn't know the definition of guardian redeemer is was a close influential relative to whom members of the extended family could turn to for help usually when the family line or possessions were in danger of law of being lost in the book of ruth boaz was the guardian redeemer of naomi and then consequently for ruth as well so yeah. Cool. So that if it, there's a widow, then she's supposed to marry her husband's brother. But Elimelech didn't have any brothers, mm-hmm. so Boaz was the nearest relative. Or, well, actually, we'll find out that he wasn't. Right. But um, the nearest relative has first option of marrying her, and if he and taking care of her, and if he doesn't want her, right, <laughs> then the next nearest relative <laughs> yeah. can do it. And if he doesn't want her, if he goes all the way down the line and nobody wants her, then she just. Out of stays, luck. <laughs> yeah, she's just out of luck. She just stays widow, which is why they have the rules about um, gleaning, and they leave the outside for the widows and people like huh. that to get. That's kind of their welfare system, I guess. Mm, oh, wow. Good to know. Well, something, one of the commentaries that I had read on this, which that's why it blows my mind that my mind went there as you was reading that, that even though it sounds like, I took it. <laughs> there was there was a strategic righteousness to 
to what Ruth was doing. There's a uh, it's what um, Naomi was did, what Ruth did, and what Boaz did. And if you back up to two where or one or two where uh, Naomi had lost hope, well she had lost hope and she she seen herself as the victim when she said the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like she didn't see a hope, so she didn't have she didn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I found that uh, very interesting in this commentary. It says people who feel like vi- victims don't make plans. Oh. Mm. Yep. So that's where now I don't know where it changed in here to the to the strategic righteousness, but uh, Naomi's uh, seen a plan. She she had hope. Strategies of righteousness. Righteousness are the overflow of hope. I, I found this whole mm. article very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, uh, although it sounded the way it did, there was it was strategic. Take a shower, put on. Take a shower. I'm sure they <laughs> took showers. Well, they may have. We don't know. Um, but the perfume and the and everything that she did was for a reason. I hear where it talks about him winnowing the barley. Um, it also. In, I think it was Matthew three twelve talks about uh, Jesus basically doing this process with people because winnowing was sorting out the the good wheat from the chaff, which is the like outer shell of the wheat, mm-hmm. and um and so that was something that people of that time were very familiar with separating the the wheat from the chaff, and so in Matthew it talks about that Jesus someday he will separate the wheat from the chaff, he will separate the good people from the bad people, oh. and the the chaff will be burned. Oh, well, that's interesting because last, last week we talked about the foreshadowing of Jesus kind of. Yes, I and, heard y'all. Um, that, like that's just another example of that, I think. Yes. So that's pretty great. Okay, so in verse 4, it talks about uncovering Boaz's feet and laying down. Um, in an article that I've read that I will link to in this podcast, it says, At the appropriate time, Naomi instructs Ruth to go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. Some might think this was a provocative gesture, as if Ruth was told to provocatively offer herself sexually to Boaz. This was not how this gesture was understood in that day. In the culture of the day, this was understood as an act of total submission. So she was instructed to be very to go in and submit herself to Boaz. Mm-hmm. Like a humble servant. Mm-hmm. I like how right after that, I mean, the mother-in-law tells her to do that. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I will do everything you say. Like, right. There's no like uncover his feet. Like what? You want me to go right. in while he's asleep? What? <laughs> yeah. You want me to what? No, she. I'll do everything you say. So she really trusts Naomi. She does. Yeah. She trusts her guidance and her instruction. And I think she also trusts Boaz too. Well, that's that yes. going to be yeah. my next thing. How did she know that she could trust Boaz? Mm-hmm. Right. And it but, says he will tell you what to do. Uh, I'd be a little leery of that right. with any man. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is this was at the end of the harvest. Mm-hmm. And so she had spent a lot of time around him. Maybe not like on one in one-on-one with him, but she had seen how he acted around people and how he respected his workers and things yeah. like that. So too, he so. was a, a good man. Yeah. Trustworthy man. Yeah. So I don't think she was afraid at all. Well, this, this commentary says, why, why would... Naomi go about it like this I mean why not just have a conversation with Boaz instead of this highly suggestive and risky mm. yeah. med- midnight maneuver, maneuver. yeah mm-hmm. why 
Was Na- Naomi indifferent to the possibility that Boaz might drive Ruth away in a moral indignation? I mean, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Or that he might give into temptation to have relations with her. Did Naomi want that to happen? Or was Naomi so sure of Boaz and Ruth that she knew they would treat each other with perfect purity? Hmm. I, I lean toward that ladder. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, well, also it says later on that we haven't got to it yet, but there is another... There's another kinsman redeemer out there for, for Ruth. This commentary that I'm I'm reading said that she came late at night because they didn't want her to. They did. They wanted to do things in proper channels. She wanted to make sure that she went to Boaz and no one else saw her, so that they couldn't say anything maybe to the other kinsman redeemer or something. Mm. Yeah. Well, it does say this will be made clear clearer later. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's what. Chapter it is. four. Maybe. Yeah. Because it's not clear in this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> to me. And a side note here that he was sleeping at the threshing floor. Yes. I mean, he probably was a fairly wealthy man and mm-hmm. had a nice house and mm-hmm. other things. He didn't really need to sleep at the threshing floor, but he would sleep there to guard the to guard the wheat from being from them being robbed. Right. That was a good move on his part. Okay, we will go on to verses seven through thirteen with Sherry. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of the covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I I will do what is necessary, for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and then in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. Let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. Mm. I think it's funny how it says that he was surprised to find a woman laying at his feet. Like you, let me see. It says he was surprised to find a woman laying at his feet. Who are you? He asked, <laughs> which um, in this commentary, it says something about how it was in, in a time of like political distress. And that's why he was sleeping in the threshing floor was to, you know, protect his harvest and things like that. But he was it probably he probably would have been less surprised if there was like someone there to rob him and to take all, right. of his, all of his stuff than he was of a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it says to spread the corner of your covering over me. Mm-hmm. Just like take me under your wing. Yeah. Marry me. Which is very bold. Yeah, it is. That that's one thing is she was very bold in it, but she had the right to ask. Mm-hmm. I think Naomi and Ruth both were very bold women and they yeah. they knew what needed to be done and they would do it, you know. Well, all throughout her life you look at Ruth and she doesn't ever seem to be afraid of going after what she wants. No. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to be she doesn't shy away from hard work. She knows right. that it's gonna take work and her effort. Right. Okay, picture this. The stars are beautiful overhead. It's midnight. He loves her. She loves him. They are alone. She's under his cloak and <laughs> He stops it for the sake of righteousness. He does not touch her. What a man. What a woman. <laughs> oh, boy. I was wondering funny. where that story was going. Yeah. 
sometimes I don't know if it was like, because I heard, um, most of the time when I heard about uh, Ruth and Boaz, I always thought it was like a love story until recently um, at Winter Conference, actually, uh, one of the speakers talked about how it, it was kind of a transaction less, more more or less than mm-hmm. a romantic relationship. And kind of what I see now, knowing the culture, it does kind of seem more like a transactional type thing. Um, but I think that Boaz like cared for her. Yeah. And I mean, and then maybe, maybe the reason he calls her daughter, which is something we talked about in the first chapter of wondering why he did that. Maybe it is because he was older than her. He could have, he right. could have been the age to be her dad. Right. And he kind of saw her that way. I think he I think he wanted her. I think I mean, he already knew that there was another person closely related. So he had mm-hmm. done some research. Right, right. He was interested. <laughs> there you go. Well, there that's another point too. And he says um that she's showing more family loyalty mm-hmm. because you know, she was from Moab, so she wasn't a she wasn't a god follower. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, they worshiped idols and all those things. But she followed Naomi and wanted to worship Naomi's god, but that's not really where she came from. Right. And so she, this kinsman redeemer theme and all of that is through God and God's people. So she didn't necessarily have to follow that. Oh, that right. That wasn't what she came from. She could yeah. have just gone after the good-looking guys out in the field. Right. She could have, but she didn't. <laughs> yeah, and there was a reason for that, I'm that's sure. That's right. Um, something that it says, spread your cor- spread the corner of your garment over me. And I thought that was interesting because I was like, I don't get that at all. But it says, even in the present day, when a Jew marries a woman, he throws the skirt or end of his talith over her to signify that he has taken her under protection, mm. under his protection. And I think that, that that's a really great example of I think that's an example of what God does for us is like he covers us and that's what Jesus' blood did for us was it covered us and and kept us from harm and he protected us in that. So Well, I like this. It said that what Boaz really means is because you take refuge under the wings of God, you are the kind of woman I want to cover with my wings. Mm -hmm. It is not easy for an older man to express love to a younger woman. Boaz did it with deeds of kindness and sub subtle words of admiration he said he admired her for coming under god's wing he acted as though she were under his and he waited Mm. oh i like that sweet yeah (laughs) i will link to both of these um commentaries that we're kind of reading from um in the description of this podcast so be sure to check that out okay so we will continue into verse 14 through verses 14 through 18 So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning, but she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other. For Boaz had said, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to her, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak and placed it on her back. Then he returned to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, what happened, my daughter? Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her. And she added, he gave me these six scoops of barley and said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty handed. Then Naomi said to her, just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. The man won't rest until he has settled things today, which I like that they are so confident in Boaz that they are very certain that what he said that he would do, he's going to do. Yes. And he's going to find out, you know, that speaks highly of a person in general. Yeah, it does. Even in today's culture, like I want, I want to know Boaz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why do you think that he sent the 
six scoops of barley back with no her. Clue. It's all that would fit in her apron. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she's already getting she's she's getting it out of the fields each day. But he sent it back with her. I feel like it's just a symbol. He wants to send like send him flowers to the mother-in-law. That's or something. Yeah, that's like, kind of what this this commentary says. It says, as a proper gentleman, Boaz did not send Ruth home empty-handed. Not having any chocolates, he gave her six handfuls <laughs> of grain. I think that that's pretty sweet that he sent yeah. home something to Naomi. Yeah, and kind of like a symbol of that he's going to take care of her. Mm-hmm. That he's going to that he wants to be her provider. Right. All right, and so for the very last verse of this, um, it's. Still, my daughter, the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Um, This was a time of considerable anxiety for Ruth. She had claimed her right to marriage and would be married. The only question was to whom would she be married? Would it be to Boaz or to the nearer kinsman redeemer? The issue would be decided that very day. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So now you've got to join us for next week's podcast where we talk about the fourth and final chapter of Ruth and we find out what happens. To be continued. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I think we're going to end today. Let us know in the comments what you thought about chapter three of Ruth. And thank you guys for joining us for another episode. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>